0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say, Come to the river, oh, lay down. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out today. We are going to be going to a number of different scriptures today, and uh, our primary text is going to be John chapter 14, but just be ready to kind of go with me through a number of passages. Also, I would encourage you this morning to uh, to take notes. Please write down these scriptures. Put them on the back of a connection card in your Bible, wherever you need to put them, but uh, write these scriptures down because there's some great scripture references here that I'm going to give you today because God has really been stirring my heart over the last few weeks and really heavily this week. I had planned to preach something completely different and as I got ready to really begin to kind of study it out, plan it out, prepare it, write it all down, I really felt a check that uh, I needed to preach in the direction that I'm going to preach this morning uh, concerning the return of Christ because I do believe that Christ is coming soon. I do. I believe that He is coming soon. I believe He is coming for a people that are watching and are prepared to meet Him. And so I just have this urgency in my spirit this morning, and my goal today is to build urgency in your life as well, that we leave this place with an understanding and an expectancy and an urgent heart that Jesus could come at any moment and we are going to be prepared to meet Him. And so would you help me pray this morning as I preach the return of Christ. Father, I thank You for Your anointing in this place. I feel, Lord, that You are in this house today, that You are with me, and that, Lord, You are speaking through me in this room. I pray that every heart, every mind, would be open, God, to what you are saying today. I pray that, God, we would get ourselves ready to meet you when you return. I pray that, God, any apathy, any complacency, anything that's standing in the way of us actively engaging our faith with you, Father, I pray that that be removed right now in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. And I pray that, Father, for the next few moments, that they would be that our people would become sponges and soak in the Word of God and that it would penetrate to the heart, Lord, of each and every person and this room god make us sensitive to your spirit today in jesus name we pray amen amen let me start by saying this that oftentimes when i when people talk about the return of christ that oftentimes we respond to that with fear and uncertainty that is not my goal today i do not uh, i have no desire to encourage anyone to a relationship with christ through the mechanism of fear I don't believe that if you are saved because you're afraid of the alternative, that that's a healthy way to be saved. I believe that people ought to want to be in a relationship with God because they come to the understanding of who He is and what He has to provide, that we love Him and we serve Him. We don't fear the alternative, and therefore we serve Him. We do it out of love, and we do it out of a understanding and an awareness to who He is and what He is in our life. And my hope this morning is that all of us will respond with activated faith in this house. Activated faith. Faith that not only prepares us for His return, but more importantly, maybe even seeks to prepare others as well. My hope is all of us will respond to Christ in one of three ways today. That every person in this room will respond to Christ in one of these three ways. We'll either affirm our relationship with Him, we will reestablish our relationship with Him, or we will begin a relationship with Him. That is my hope, that is my goal, and that is my mission this morning. I want to address the heart condition of every person in the room today, myself included. And I want to get us to respond in one of those three ways this morning. So if you would, turn with me John chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there, you may be also. I want to talk to you about three things this morning. I want to talk to you about the signs of the times. We see signs all around us, and I'm going to explain some of those just according to Scripture today. And I'm going to show you where Jesus marks these different things as indicators. I want to talk to you about the hope that we have as the church. God has given us a hope this morning. And then I also want to talk to you about we as the church being the hope of the world. Because all of those things are very important. So let's first let let's talk about signs of the times. If you will, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 24 signs of the times, signs of the times. What are the indicators of Christ's return? How do we know, pastor, that Christ is preparing to come back? What what signs are there available to us that indicates that He is coming soon? How do we know? Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 4, it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. This whole line here, this uh, this passage that I'm going to take you through in Matthew chapter 24 is all things that Jesus is talking about. He's saying to his disciples, look, these are the ways that you're going to know that the end is near, that my return is imminent. These are some of the indicators along the way. And so verse 4, it gives us the first indicator that Jesus gives. He says there's going to be deception. There's going to be a lot of people that come in my name saying that I am the Christ, but, but they're coming as false teachers and false prophets. Now, listen, when we read that, we think literally people saying that they're Christ Jesus but that's not what it means it's talking more figuratively there's a lot of people today that are claiming that there are many ways to heaven than just the way of Jesus Christ that there are a lot of ways to get to salvation there's a lot of ways to get to deliverance there's a lot of ways to get to happiness and fulfillment and peace and if you'll take some of these other paths other than Jesus Christ there are ways for you to find happiness and wholeness in your life but I've come to tell you this morning that that is a lie from hell it is a lie of the enemy it has come to deceive many people and keep us off the path of serving God there is only one way to to heaven and that is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ this morning you cannot make it any other way unless you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ salvation comes through confessing Him as Lord He is the way he is the truth. He is the life, and He is the only way. Many of us today in the church and in the world are seeking uh, happiness and and pleasure and and all these things, other than seeking the name and and face of Jesus Christ. This morning, I. Plead with you this morning. Please turn your hearts fully to God. Give your heart over to Him. Follow Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength this morning. And don't neglect your relationship with Him today. He is the way to happiness. He is the way to peace. And He is the way to eternal life. And there is no other way except through Him. Talks about how there will be deception in the earth. That there will be such strong deception... That even the very elect, the Bible talks about in other portions of Scripture, could be deceived. We see that today, deception, fake news, right? I mean, that's a hot topic. Fake news, lies, manipulation. People don't know what to believe anymore. You don't know what you can trust. You don't know what you can believe. All of these things pointing to the return of Christ. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 talks about that in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. We see that. And that falling away is talking about Christians. It's not talking about the lost. They're already away. It's talking about Christians. That in the last days people become lovers of themselves, seekers of pleasure. They'll be tied up with busyness and all these other things. And they will neglect the relationship with God. And in the last days, there's going to be a falling away. People will start to wane in their relationship with God. And they'll start to put it at the back of their priority list. We see that all the time. Well, I'd be there, but I've got this to do or that to do. A great falling away. People starting to neglect the importance of, of cultivating and growing their relationship with God. We have put a high premium premium on having a relationship with God, but a low premium on developing and cultivating a relationship with God. Let me ask you men in the place today, if you just said I do and didn't do another thing after that, how would that work for you? Ladies, if you just said I do and you never worked on that relationship from that day forward and you were interested in having a relationship but you weren't interested in working on a relationship, how well would that go? And yet in the church we have preached salvation without any kind of commitment after the fact. I will never tell you that because it's a lie too. I'm telling you this morning that it starts at salvation, but salvation is an entrance into a deeper relationship with God. It's only the starting point. It's not the ending point. And we've got to grow and become what God has called us to be. It's more than just saying a prayer. Activated faith means i walk it out every single day of my life. Verse 6 goes on to tell other indicators. It says, And you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You will hear of wars. Are we hearing of wars? All over the place. Currently, the United States is in the longest running war that it's ever been in with Afghanistan. Not only that, we have just recently committed more troops to the fight with no end in sight. Wars, relationships with Russia, not good, China, not good, North Korea, certainly not good, other other places, Syria and, and Iran, and we could just go on and on, it also says rumors of wars, even though we're not currently engaged in a war with some of those countries I just mentioned, we have the rumor of war, the potential of war, it's there, we, we hear about North Korea on a regular basis, I was reading new things today concerning that you'll have wars and rumors of wars, an indicator that Christ is returning. Verse 7, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. He gives us more indicators here. He says nation will rise against nation. Our country since the Civil War has not been as divided as it is now. We've not been a divided nation as much as we have been right now than we were on the brink of the Civil War. And so nation divided against nation, not only our nation but other nations as well. You hear of infighting all the time. You hear of this group and this group coming at odds against one another. That's part of the reason we've had such a difficulty in Iraq because you have two—you have multiple different uh, sects trying to uh, create uh, power and battling for power struggles in those areas. And it's all over the, all over the world, nation against nation, pestilences, diseases. How many diseases do we face? How many times do you hear of your friends and your family and your neighbors and people in your community with cancer, with diabetes, with heart disease, with all of these different things, pestilences, diseases, earthquakes in various places. This past week we had multiple earthquakes in our own country, the Carolinas and Colorado and other places. And then we just had one, 8.1, right off the coast of Mexico this week as well, earthquakes. Not to mention other natural disasters that we're facing as well. Think about the wildfires that we're battling right now in California, Oregon, Washington, Montana. Over nearly a million acres in Montana has been burned up. Los Angeles is battling a wildfire right now. The biggest one in their history. All of these things pointing to indicators. That Jesus gave us to be paying attention and watching for his return. He said, when these things start to happen, the end is near. Turn with me quickly to Luke chapter 21. Let me give you a few more indicators that Jesus gave. Luke chapter 21 verse 25. Verse 25 says and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing from the fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with great great power and glory when these things begin to happen look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near Other indicators, signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, solar eclipse that just took place. Seven years from that day, we're going to have another solar eclipse that crosses the entirety of the United States. Other things that are happening in the the stars and signs as well. It says, on the earth, distress of nations. Would you say that we are a nation in distress today? With perplexity. What do we do? How do we fix it? Who has the answers? Only one has the answer, and His name is Jesus, and He's coming soon. It says the seas and the waves roaring. Hurricanes lined up one right after another. We had Harvey. Now we have Irma. We have Kadia going on in the Gulf as well. And now we have, I think it's Jose behind that. And so they're just lined up, and just it's just signs of the times and I just wonder what would it take for people to wake up and realize that everything that Jesus has given us as indicators is happening right now. He's telling us, he's giving us warning. He's preparing us. Verse 26 says men's hearts failing from from fear and expectation of those things which are to come. We have seen a huge decline in masculinity. Where is the masculine heart in our world today? You know, I think about the, we went to the World War II Museum in uh, New Orleans. Amazing. 65 million people lost their lives in World War II. 65 million people lost their lives in World War II. And then as I was looking at the invasion of Normandy, D-Day, I was just thinking, God, do we have the men today that would have the strength of character and the courage to do that again, if need be. I'm not so sure that we would. And you know, as I was reading some of these young men, some of them as young as 15, 16 years old, lying about their age to get into the military so they could serve their country. And today I fear that what we would have is men lying about their age so they could avoid being drafted or taken into service. A decline in masculinity. Another sign. He says in verse 28, when you see these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. I'm telling you today, with every sincere uh, heart that I can muster this morning, that I believe that Jesus is coming soon, that all these signs are pointing to his return, and they, they point to the importance of being prepared and watching for his return. This brings me to my second point, and that is that we have hope this morning. You know, you read about all these signs and instantly we feel despair. We feel like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond to this? We have a hope this morning. If you're a part of the church this morning, you have a hope. And this is what your hope is, that one of these days soon, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take us out of this world. Even though the signs and the times can be distressing to say the least, as the church we have a hope and the hope is that Christ's return is soon and imminent. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now let me take just a moment and explain what we mean, because you hear the word rapture. And if you're not familiar with that or you've not been around the church for a long time, you may not know what that means. But the word rapture is a theological term. And it just summarizes the events of the scripture that I just read to you. It just says that there's going to be a generation of people on the earth who will not see death but will be taken out of this world by Christ Jesus. And I believe that we are that generation of people. I believe we are the generation that will see Uh, The rapture of the church. We will see the church caught up with Christ Jesus in the air and taken to heaven. 1 Thessalonians talks about this too. It says in chapter 4 verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We have a hope this morning. If you're a part of the church, you have a hope this morning. If you've asked Christ into your heart, you have a hope this morning. We are not left to face and deal with the trouble and the chaos of this world, but we are saved and 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 rescued out of this life by Jesus Christ himself. Scripture teaches us that we are to be prepared and watching for his return. Prepared and watching for his return. Prepared means that I have accepted Christ as my Savior and I am living a life that is pleasing to him. And so I challenge you this morning. Are you saved today? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ Are you living a life that is pleasing to Him? Are you living a life that is pleasing to yourself? I am aligning myself. I pray, God, help me to align myself with the Word and help me to live a life that is pleasing to You in every aspect of my life. It says watching. We need to be watching. That word to me speaks of active engagement. It's not enough just to know, church. We have to be actively involved in what God is doing on this earth. Committing our faith to something. Living obediently, growing in spiritual maturity. Becoming what God has created us to be. And so let me ask you, are you ready to meet Jesus? Should He come today? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Should He come today? Are you prepared this morning? Are you living with active faith Being faithful and obedient to the word of God. Because if the answer is no, then I'm begging you, please don't delay. Today is the day to make things right. Not tomorrow, not later, not a few weeks from now. Today is the day to make things right. You have no guarantee of another moment in this world. Jesus could come back at any second, at any moment. Please don't be left behind. Please don't. Miss the rapture of the church. And then the last thing that I want to talk to you about this morning is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. Jesus as the Savior, of course, and, as the, and the church as the delivery system of that saving grace to the world. Colossians one twenty four says, Now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, for the sake of his body, which is the church which I became a minister according to the stewardship. I love that word. Underline that in your Bible. According to the stewardship from God. We have been given stuff to be stewards over. God has entrusted us with knowledge. God has entrusted us with gifts. God has entrusted us with the energy and the wherewithal and the passion that we need to do His will and work on this earth. He has entrusted it to us. We have a responsibility to stewardship this morning. I can't say that enough to the church. God won't let me stop saying it to the church because I believe that we have got to break past complacency and past apathy and into a place where our faith is activated and we are doing everything we can with what we have to accomplish the mission of Jesus Christ this morning. I'm trying to shake the church awake today. I'm trying to wake some dead bones in the house this morning. I'm trying to get some people understanding the urgency in which we live that we've got to do all we can with what we have to reach people for the kingdom kingdom of God our time is short this morning when I stand before the Lord I've got to know in my heart today that I will be able to give an account for my life and I will not have to make excuses for every place that I failed him I want to hear those words well done my good and faithful servant You have been trustworthy with a few things. Now I'm going to give you a lot of things. The stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26. The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. What is our responsibility? What is our mandate from heaven? It is Him we preach that we are sharing Christ Jesus, warning every person and teaching them in wisdom that we may stand before God someday and be able to say, I did everything I could with what you gave me. The church is the hope of the world. It is our duty in Christ as saved and redeemed people of God to share and to show people a life in Christ Jesus. And it is our duty to warn them of a life apart from Him. To love them into the kingdom of God. The message reads it like this in the message version. It says God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out. Regardless of their backgrounds, regardless of their religious standing, the mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you. Therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in the spirit of profound common sense that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at. Day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. We see the signs of the times. As the church, we have the hope of Christ's return. So what do we do in the waiting? What do we do in the waiting? We become the hope of the world. That's what we do in the waiting. That's what we do in the waiting. We seek to share this great treasure that we have found with a world that is looking for answers. People are looking for answers this morning. You have the answer. His name is Jesus. And I would give this strong rebuke to the church this morning, and I'm talking to everybody in the place, and myself included. If you keep hidden the treasure that you have found, And refuse to share it with others. You are rejecting the very gospel you say you have received. Let not our hope be a false hope. Secured in wisdom and knowledge only. And denying the expression of the gospel with an activated faith. Knowing without doing isn't really knowing. It is a deception of the mind. And to know all these things that we know, that God has given us the stewardship that we've been entrusted with. To know all these things and do nothing for your fellow man in response to that knowledge is to have a denial of the faith that we claim. Because faith without activity is dead faith. Knowledge is never our end goal here. If you're just coming to hear a good sermon, you're coming for the wrong reason. It has to go beyond these doors. It has to walk out of this church with us. It has to be marching orders for activity that guides my week. We come in here, we get charged together, but we go out in a mission to accomplish God's goals and God's plan for the people around us. Knowledge is not our end goal. Action, obedience, utilizing the knowledge we've been given as a motivator to compel people to respond to the message of Christ. That is our goal. Our duty is not only to be aware, but to make aware. We have to share the truth of Christ Jesus. We are the hope of the world. We are the hope of the world. Amber, would you come? John chapter 14. It says, in my house are many mansions, rooms. There's plenty of room in my house, God says. And then he says in verse fourteen or chapter 14, verse 22 of Luke, he says, And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and there is still room. There's still room. Then the master said to the servant, his people. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God has plenty of room left this morning. Seats are not filling up in the kingdom of God. He's going to make room. He'll knock out a wall. He'll add an expansion. He'll do whatever He's got to do to make sure there's room for everyone. It is our duty as His servants to compel them to come in. Because I'm telling you, church, the signs of the times are all around us. The signs of the times are all around us. The indicators that Christ is returning and returning soon are all around us. There is not one thing that Christ said will happen that has not already happened. We are just waiting on Him. And so the signs of the times are around us. Our hope as the church is in that soon return of Christ Jesus. I'm ready to go. I encourage you to be prepared and ready. And in the waiting, understand that we are the hope of this world. It is not time for us just to find a hiding place, to bunker down and wait for Christ to return. This is time for us to do all we can, to see our friends, our families, our loved ones come to the kingdom of God. I encourage every person in this room, if you've not had that conversation with the people that you love, even the people you don't love, you got to have that conversation. My kids and I, we've been having a lot of conversations about that because I want them to be ready. We're going as a family. We're going as a family. It's going be, My five's going. I'm going to do all I can to make sure my five are going. And not only that, I'm going to do all I can to make sure my extended family's going and my friends are going and my... And those around me are going, I'm going to be sending out some messages and just contacting some people and just following up with some people and just saying, look, I know, I know that Jesus is getting ready to come back. I hope you're ready. Can't go wrong loving people. And if you do it out of love and you talk to them out of love, I'm not talking about talking out of condemnation or judgment. But I'm talking about contacting people that you truly love and you truly care about. And saying, God, please help me with the words to say to them, to get them ready. But I would encourage you to go beyond that and just even the people that you don't necessarily have a relationship with. If you have an opportunity to point to Jesus Christ's return. I've given you a lot of scriptures. I've given you a lot of things here that you can bring up in conversation. And you can illustrate the signs of the times that are certainly indicating that Christ is getting ready to return. And so I just encourage you to use these tools that I've given you this morning to do that. Let's fill this house. Let's fill every church house in this city. Let's do what we can while we have time to do it. Stand with me across this place. With every head bowed across this room today. Every eye closed across this place, please don't be looking around. This is a very serious moment. I've given a I'm going to give an altar call that gives every person in this room a chance to respond, regardless of where you stand. What is going to be your response to him this morning? Will you affirm your relationship with Him? God, I have a relationship with you, but I want to make sure that I am doing all that I can with what you've given me, and I am living a life that is pleasing to you. Will you affirm your relationship with God today? Maybe you're hearing you say, Pastor, I'm not really where I need to be with God. I've, I've had a relationship with Him, but I've walked away from that. And so today I'm asking you, will you reestablish a relationship with God today? Will you begin to turn from the direction you're going and turn back to Him? And begin to serve Him, begin to follow Him, begin to let Him be a director of your life. Don't leave this place with the deception that you have lots of time left. And that you can make it right whenever you choose to do that. Listen, the time is growing short. Please, please, please don't leave this place not assured of your relationship with Jesus. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, the third one, I've never had a relationship with God. I've never asked Him to come into my life. I've never asked Him to be the Lord over my life. Will you receive Him as your Lord and Savior this morning? Will you receive Him as Lord and Savior this morning? Will you let God into your life and let Him be your God? He will bring peace to you. He will bring direction to you. He will bring life to you. And He will take you with Him soon and very soon when Jesus returns. And so this morning, I'm just going to simply do this. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need to, re- to affirm... My relationship with God. I know where I stand with God today. I have no doubt about my salvation. But I want to make a commitment to today that I am going to give my all in these last days on this earth. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat right now and begin to make your way up here. I want all of you that are in these altars for just a moment to begin to pray. For those that do not have a relationship with Jesus. If you're here and nobody's looking around with every head bowed and every eye still closed. If you're here and you fall into those other two categories this morning. You say, I'm not sure of my relationship with God or I've never had a relationship with Him. Today is a day of salvation for you. Today is a day to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Today is a day when you can begin to walk that out with a confidence and assurance that you know, that you know, that you know where you stand with Him this morning. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure of where I stand with God today. I'm going to ask you to come and join these in the altar this morning. And we want to pray with you. Would you come? Would you come and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. Would there be some in this house that says, that's me. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus. All across this place, I want you to begin to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer And if you want to receive Christ as your Savior, I want you just to pray this prayer with me and ask Him to come into your heart. Ask Him to begin to cleanse you of all your sins and mistakes and failures and begin to just wash you white and clean. And let this day be a day of new beginnings for you, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this room. I pray that if there is one lost person in this room, God, if there's anyone here that does not know about their relationship with you, God, they would not leave this place without confessing you as Lord and Savior of their lives. You said that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You said if we would call upon the name of the Lord that we, should be, we would be saved. And so today, God, we call out to you. Come on, church, begin to cry out to Jesus this morning. God, we call out to you. We cry out to you. You are our God. You are our Savior. We ask that you come into our lives. We ask that you change us. We ask that you make us what you want us to be, God, this morning. That, Lord, you leave us all with an assurance of where we will spend eternity. God, we thank you this morning. Lord, it's your grace that makes it possible. It's your grace, Jesus. Lord, I pray for our families. Come on and help me pray for lost loved ones right now. Father, I pray for our lost loved ones. I pray that their hearts would be awakened to you. I pray that, God, they begin to turn their hearts back to you, Father. I pray that wayward sons and daughters begin to come home in Jesus' name. I pray that conviction power would fall upon their lives, Lord, and that, God, you would begin to convict them Of their ways and turn their hearts back to you. We pray for salvation. We pray for restoration. We pray that old things would pass away. And all things would become new. That God we would learn to walk in the newness of life. That you promised us in Romans. We thank you Jesus this morning. Lord affirm the faith of every believer in this room right now. Lord we have a short time. Show us. Show us what we can do in the waiting. Would you ask him that? God, show me what I can do in the waiting. Show me the people that you've put in my pathway. Show me, Lord, where I have the opportunity to showcase your love and your grace in their lives. Lord, the places that I have the opportunity to give warning and and direction, Lord, to turn people's hearts to you. Lord, make us soul winners in this house today. Let us go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come into your house that it may be full. We thank you, Jesus, this morning. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're a church that is ready to meet you. Ready and prepared, watching and waiting. Ready in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, to go with you, God, and to be with you. We thank you, Jesus. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the River on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the River, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Texas. And as always, we encourage you... Come experience life with Let us at me the Till I found myself face down on your shore, you say, "Come to the river."